How's it going, buddy? Fine, I guess. Okay. You sound all sorts of chipper after a full day of AEW watching since you had to do Whatever, Rampage man. and bet all the belts. Uh, anyway, hey, everybody, welcome to Chaos at Ringside. I am your host, Jonathan Gilchrist. That grumpy Gus over there, well, he can never be called Artie Vice in WWE, but that is Mr. Artie Vice. <laughs> And uh, just to uh, start off with like the little bit of WWE news I wanted to talk about, uh, apparently Vince McMahon has come down and said that no one can use their real name or a name they used on the indies when coming to the main roster in WWE. Probably also in NXT. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, Listen, wanna... We can't have people knowing people, all right? Yeah, we don't want to have a history or a backstory that Vince McMahon no. personally doesn't own. Listen, there is only one world, and that is the WWE. Sorry, there's only one universe. <laughs> and that is the WWE universe. Exactly. Um. So, yeah, we don't usually talk to RB, so that's basically the only news that I saw that I was like, that's, like, I know that it's already dumb, but that was particularly dumb, so I wanted to point it out. Um, No, it's just it's become like, I guess, canonized, official, sort of. Yeah. Is that it's now it's a rule. Although the article I saw did point out that they haven't done that with Tommaso Ciampa yet. So we'll see. Honestly, what'll most likely happen is they'll probably they'll probably just shorten his name. He'll probably just be known as Ciampa. (laughs) Or they'll just call him like they'll make it American, they'll just be like Thomas Champ. Here he comes. Tommy Champ, let's go. <laughs> uh, Tommy anywho, Champ Champ. Champ, Champ. Yep. Uh, from now on, that's how he's going to be uh, addressed on this show unless he leaves that company. So, yep. Um, yeah, but uh, we have a lot of AEW to cover. We both just watched the latest Rampage and Battle of the Belts, like just a, about a half hour ago we finished watching Ooh. Battle of the Belts. So... Oh. Lot of stuff to talk about. Um, yeah, usually the like the best way for us to do this is to go over titles, just because it keeps our keep us focused. So um, I guess we'll start with the kind of start at the end because it's the last match that we watched. But we'll start with the women's championship. Uh, what did you think of not only the match Thunder Rosa versus uh, Nyla Rose, but the the build up to it? Uh, match was fine. It was solid. Mm-hmm. Um. There are parts of it where they kind of like slowed down a little bit. I don't mean slowed down as in like pace. I mean slowed down as in I don't know, like smoothness, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know um, it was a little choppy in places. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean it, it happens. Like that's not it's not a huge deal. It happens. Um, yeah. Aside from that, though, like aside from the few like little there was like aside from the few choppy bits that occurred, like it was a really good match. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm happy. Thunder Rosa retained and makes sense. Yeah. Um, no, especially because it's really first slow, defense, but I yeah. also don't think it's over. 
No, I don't think so either. I think, especially with Vicky being out there, it seems like there's got there's more to tell there. Yeah, so, exactly. Um, I will say that one thing I did think of as I was watching, I was like, this is a small thing, but I feel like this would help a little bit. Uh, I think the that title match should have actually gone first, and the TNT title match should have gone last, only because the TNT title I think has a time limit of something like. 60 minutes or TV time remaining. Like that's oh, yeah. all that they do. And the women's title has a 60 minute time limit. So the only place that makes sense is at the beginning of the show when technically it could go the whole night. You know what I mean? Right. But um, that's just a small detail. It doesn't really ruin anything. I was just like, huh, well, that it's clearly not going to be a 60 minute time limit here at, you know, eight 30. Uh, yeah. No, uh, obviously. Um, but yeah, other than that, the match itself was good. Um, I, I think I agree with you. I don't think it's over. I will say I didn't really like the ending because I feel like it was unnecessary. Uh, the ending of the match was uh, like they were doing some false finishes. And then after like a crucifix pin where she surprised Nyla, Thunder Rosa hits a hurricane rod and it gets the three. I feel like you could have just ended it on the crucifix surprise. And that yeah. would have been a, a little bit better because you're still going to do the surprise ending either way. I just don't think you need two of them. You know what I mean? So yeah, I'd agree with that. Yeah, but yeah, we'll we'll see where it goes. And um, I would say for me, it, it, what I was thinking was like this is a really good TV match. But when I watch a title match, especially for something like Battle of the Belts in AEW, I've come to expect a really good pay per view quality match. Yeah. That's not really what we got, but I don't think it was from lack of trying. I just, I don't think it was there tonight for some reason. So yeah, yeah I, I would agree with that. And I mean, it happens. Yeah. Like, no, that's true. Like, yeah, everybody's had an off night. And plus, I don't think these two have wrestled that often. So it might just be a thing of trying to figure each other out. Cause I, I would imagine um, having to wrestle Nyla, you have to kind of figure out how to wrestle to her strengths. And yeah. make yourself look good. So, um, all right. So there's that. Uh, the other women's title, really, there's not much to say. They're still just building to this match, which I guess is happening next week on Dynamite or Rampage, one of the two. I can't remember which. Um, yeah, they're just basically building to that same match. Although, weird kind of heel turn, maybe, for uh, Red Velvet. Did you see that on, um, I think it was on Dynamite? Oh, you mean, uh, are we crossing over into the next belt already? I would have, well, unless you got more about the women's title, but I feel no, like... No, no, the yeah. transition was just very abrupt. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I thought I made that clear. I was, But yes, yeah, so we're moving over the TBS women's title, um, which I don't think will take that long because there hasn't been a big match yet. It's there been wasn't a match yet, yeah. Yeah, but I did want to point out that like, I thought it was weird that Red Velvet's just randomly now one of Jade Cargill's uh, friends that's in her baddies section it was pretty weird yeah um she did do she did have this like kind of like heel turn thing that happened in, in her match beforehand um so i mean it it kind of makes sense i guess yeah. like her being a heel has already started but her showing up there was still kind of random yeah especially because of the history those two have. Um, yeah, exactly. 
But um, yeah, no. So I'm interested to see the match. But yeah, that that title doesn't really have much going for it right this second. It's just building to one match. So we'll just have to wait till that happens to talk more about it. Um, I'm very curious about that match. I like because mm-hmm. I saw uh, I saw Shafir in half in that match on the was on Dynamite. Dynamite. Yeah, yeah, it was against Sky Blue, right? Yeah. Yeah, and it was all right. Like it was solid. It was solid enough. Like she looked okay, but yeah. like I'm, I'm still that match didn't take care of my worries about her and Cargill in the ring at the same time. Right, because it was just a squash match. So you're like, maybe this will be okay. I, I'm not sure yet. Yeah. So, yeah. Exactly. No, you're. Yeah, I was right there with you. I was like, okay. I mean, we'll see what happens. Still not 100 percent sold, but that's fine. Um, I did have the thought actually watching some of the qualifying matches for the Owen Hart uh, tournament, the women's tournament, that Ruby Soho should really be the next TBS champion. Like, yeah. I feel like they should build that long term for her to be be the one that beats Jade Cargill and take the title. I think that would be a really good idea. Yeah, I think yeah. that would be a good way to do it. But um, yeah, in the meantime, maybe she'll win the tournament. Who knows? <laughs> maybe. I am very curious to see who ends up winning it. Cause it's not, cause it's not like, cause champions are involved too. Yeah, you know? I'm a little bit like concerned about it only because, well, on the women's side, because I've noticed that a lot of these qualified matches are really one sided. It's like, oh yeah, this person you know very well, and random person that's been on dark a bunch of times on the yeah, women's side I think for the, the most part. The opening matches in particular. Well, these are the qual. Yeah, the qualifying matches are extremely one sided. Yeah, but on the men's side, they're not doing that. Like, on the men's side, the next one's Jungle Boy and Kyle O'Reilly. So it's not nearly as one-sided. Right. But, um, yeah, I'm still excited about the tournament overall. I just like, uh, maybe we could – can we figure out a way to do the qualifying matches with a little bit more, like, so it's not so much obvious who's going to go in? I don't know. Yeah, it really – especially for, like, the women's matches, it really does feel like, okay, the qualifying matches are just – because we have to have the qualifying matches. And then right. once the tournament begins, then we'll actually have like real matches. Yeah. Well, real. Yeah. There's definitely stuff that's built up already. Um, let's, I'm also wondering how that's going to work. I'm guessing it's going to be a, like a multi-week thing where we're just going to have, you know, maybe we'll have the finals or the semifinals on one event, but it'll be basically multi-week leading up to that to get to that point. Uh, maybe. I would love to see an actual pay-per-view like the old style King of the Ring where they have to do three matches at a night. But I yeah, don't know if that'd be nice. Well, that's going to be happening. Uh, if I if I really had to guess, I'd say it's more likely they're going to follow whatever model because I still don't know exactly how it works. But whatever model New Japan uses for their tournaments, it's going to be closer to that than the old style King of the Ring tournaments. So, well, I don't know about that because it's not going to be. They're not going to be like rotation or however you want to call it like they're one loss and out tournaments okay whereas whereas new japan their stuff usually is kind of more like rotated like kind of like you face everyone once and then right like a point system type thing okay yeah i don't know if the american audience has the attention span for that yeah (laughs) unfortunately because that. Because that's like New Japan's bread and butter, and it gives so many great moments. Right. Yeah. Okay. So let's see. 
that's the TBS title slash tournaments build up. Um, and, well, might as well talk about the TNT. I'm going by importance, basically. Might as well go uh, singles TNT title, um, especially because it was the kind of the big thing that happened at the uh, Battle of the Belts. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, <Jesus>. okay. <laughs> there, there, yeah, there's a lot to say, and I'm sure. I'm, um, I'm glad it happened. Uh-huh. Like I, I like I'm glad that this is official, uh-huh. but at the same time, the way it happened, yeah, oh Jesus, yeah. By the time this so comes like, out, w, I think- like as as for as much of an insult, I think this is like uh-huh. that was like WWE level of yeah, disgusting. I hope they like. I hope they have a plan for um, Scorpio Sky getting his heat back. Yeah. Um, after that but at the same time you're right i was like i i even texted you i wish this had happened to somebody else besides scorpio sky but it's good to see that um they learned their lesson um like i was gonna say by the time this comes out on wednesday everybody will know what we're talking about but um yeah sandy guevara basically went bad guy used the low blow to win the title isn't that also his third championship win yeah that's the third that's his third tnt title belt I think that might be partly because doesn't that also then erase Cody as the only three-time champion? I think so, yeah. So now they don't have to talk about Cody or, you know, now Sammy's the well, three-time they brought champion his name we'll up. talk about. They brought his name up during the match. They uh, Well, they mentioned Dustin. They mentioned that... Uh, they mentioned Sam- Cody, too. Did they? I didn't hear yeah, them Yeah, they Cody. said, like, I think it was Tony who was, like, who mentioned... Uh, mm-hmm. Um, Sammy won just like had just he like he just won the belt from Cody Rhodes. Huh. Like I was listening, I didn't hear him say Cody, but that that's whatever. Yeah. Um, it's fine. Um, I mean, I don't care. I think it's fine. I'm just I hope they don't get in trouble. Yeah, but as far as like the the heel turn, the heel turn, I think is them learning their lesson that they needed to do this. The fans were clearly turning against Sammy and Ty Conte yeah. for a bunch of reasons. If they kept pushing face, it was just going to destroy both of them. Um, but again, it's just it's just the inner like Mark and me never being happy. Like, did it have to be at the expense of Scorpio Sky, who still doesn't have the momentum that he should at this point? Like, yeah, yeah. Also, it's kind of weird to have a heel turn on a heel. You don't usually see that. Doesn't really feel right from a psychology standpoint. Um. Yeah. Well, I, I guess the one thing. So the one thing I think might happen from it, I don't know. Like I hope mm-hmm. though, is I'm hoping maybe if we're lucky, Dan mm-hmm. Lambert gets all pissy and says like "you guys suck" basically, and we might get Men of the Year as like a face turn, and they like both both. Page and Sky just get the shit kicked out of them by mm-hmm. like Lambert's MMA flunkies, you know, mm-hmm. and sets them both on like a face turn type thing. Okay, I mean, I could see that. I I can I know both of them can do it. I kind of miss I I kind of want them in the tag division as heels, to be honest with you, because I think that'd be kind of cool. But um, but yeah, no, I can definitely. I mean, see them do yeah, it I agree, but like, I don't know. There's something about. There's something about a heel turn against a heel 
Yeah. That I really don't like unless it makes that heel that got turned on into a face. Right. Yeah, that makes, yeah, psychologically, yeah, that makes sense. It would feel correct in a way. But, um, yeah, like I said, I don't think I'm mad at the overall direction, just the, the who it happened to. I, I would, I would prefer a jungle boy got screwed over in such a way or somehow, you know what I mean? Like yeah. that's the kind of character that I think wouldn't be hurt by this, um, as much. Well, um, I don't, I don't know, man. I don't know if it's hurt. Like, I don't think he's hurt by this. Like, I think Scorpio sky will be fine. If, if there's like a turn involved, I just, yeah. I, I, I really think I think the main problem is just the fact that it's a heel turn against the heel, right? And they're trying. Well, the other issue that I'm really worried about is that I don't know if this just I I we're like I'm like 99 sure that this is happening, but based on commentary, there's a one percent chance of me, uh-huh. or there's like a one percent chance that I'm thinking that this might not necessarily mean a heel turn. For Guevara right. yet? Oh, okay, you think they're going to try and play it off for a minute? I do because they were because commentary was just like, like basically like he, you know, he had to fight fire with fire against like these cheaters, you know. Yeah, I I did catch that line, but at the same time, then Taz was like, "No, we kind of stole it." And then at the very end, they were all just telling them to get a room, which yeah. feels very classic Healy. So oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and again, all of this psychologically makes much more sense because fans are not going to cheer for Sammy Guevara who dumped no. his girl, his fiance for Ty Conte. You know, it just doesn't work. So, And we're not saying that's what actually happened. We're just saying, like, in terms of fans are going to see it. Yeah, no. As far as, like, the story that's going to be told and has been told online, and I'm sure is what's going through most people's heads – because when you get right down to it, I think most male wrestling fans, whether they want a man or not, they just they don't fucking like seeing a guy get with a, a beautiful girl. Because like, well, yeah. you know, fuck my sense. life. But I think also on the same, I just thought this today. I was thinking about her fiance or his ex fiance. Like they did that on TV, so a lot of the female fans, I'm sure, are like, well, that was kind of a dick move to yeah. propose to her on TV and then dump her apparently. So. Anyway, so yeah, I feel like heel turn definitely ready to go. Um, we'll have to see what happens with Scorpio Sky. Um, he might be an answer for our question later, to be honest with you, the way I'm feeling about it, because it, like mm-hmm. he had a winning streak for over a year that was basically non-mentioned for most of that year on TV, finally wins a championship, and then like three weeks later loses it. Um like almost on his first defense or second fence, whatever, but it was really quick. It just feels like it was a very much a cut the legs out just as soon as he was getting TV time, basically. Yeah. But um, yeah. All right. So that's, yeah, I'm sure that'll be blowing up. And by the time this actually airs, uh, you'll be sick of hearing takes on it, but it just (laughs) happened to us. So that's why we really wanted to dive into it. Um, Yeah. Man. So, as far as the tag titles go, kind of an interesting like wrinkle because it's never really happened in AEW, which I kind of like the fact that it's a possibility in stories that the champions uh, challenged a non-ranked challenger. 
uh, for the title. So you could have a title match without having to worry about the fact that the rankings didn't work out that way. Um, so as far as the match goes, what did you think of Red Dragon versus Jurassic Express one-on-one? Uh, good question. <laughs> it was fine. It was good. Like, it was a good match. Mm-hmm. I just, I'm not sold on Jurassic Express being tag champs. Mm-hmm. Like, the, the whole time, all I was thinking was, man, I really, really want Red Dragon to win. Is there, like, a particular thing that's not clicking for you with them? I think a part of it is that I don't see any like it doesn't feel like there's any real like story build up for them yeah that is true it doesn't feel like there's a storyline that much other than you know Red Dragon's trying to steal their titles so they're fighting Red Dragon maybe a part of it is because it it feels like it's just kind of like back up to Paige versus Cole Mm mm-hmm and it just feels really out of no- like, I don't know. I'm trying to think the best way to put it. So like, the fact that Jurassic Express is just kind of like randomly got thrown in mm-hmm. with Paige just because they're all champions, right? Kind of, kind of left me a little butthurt. Not gonna lie. Yeah, there's not like a reason for it. Yeah, because I was just like, if 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 Paige is trying to fight these guys and wants people he can like trust, you know, like realistically, he should turn to either, uh, like story. I don't know storyline wise. I feel like it should have either he should have either counted on his quote unquote friends in the Dark Order, right, or gone after the two guys that know Adam Cole the best and had had like a falling out with them kind of in the young bucks and had that swerve happen. Right. Yeah. No, and I think the, but you think you're right that the whole story is really just built on the titles. And that's the only reason they're there is because red dragon wants the tag titles. Like Adam Cole wants the world title. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe I'm just burnt butthurt that I wasn't right about the young bucks coming to hangman's aid i mean you usually get butt hurt pretty easily it's it's pretty yeah. annoying really but <laughs> no i i understand like i i um i think you're right there isn't really their only storyline has been basically that they're the champs which obviously that's always going to be a part of your storyline when you are the champs but the best stuff has something to do with beyond that you know what I mean? The Kenny and uh, Hangman thing was really good because of the Kenny Hangman story. The title yeah. was just icy on the cake. So, right, exactly. Right. Whereas with them, it's basically just the titles is is the uh, is if kind of like the cake. Yeah, and <laughs> but that's how it is with all of them. They have yet to really have like a. I mean, I guess you can consider the stuff they were doing with the young bucks mm. when it was like the young bucks and Adam Cole versus like, uh, like Christian and, and Jurassic express. I guess you can consider that kind of a little more of like a story progression, but aside yeah. from the stuff they did with those three, 
like I don't feel like I've seen any real actual like kind of, like story with anything they've done. Yeah, no, the only thing that came close was uh um well because it's Dan Housen, the ass boys, because they did a nice little thing with you know them attacking Christian or whatever. Yeah. But yeah, you know, that was only for a few weeks and then it was over. Yeah, so. that was, yeah exactly. Um, know, it yeah. just feels like they're it it just feels like they're champions that aren't getting pushed. But mm-hmm. I will say and I and uh we're gonna kinda get to it with what happened after the match. I do I will say I don't think we have to worry about it for very long. Yeah. No, it definitely seems like that, that something's happening with the stuff that happened with Christian. Um, it, they they have a plan, I think, for moving well, forward. Not just them. that, but with yeah. the particular tag team that came out after the match. Yeah, with FTR. Yeah. 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 No. Nope. I, I think I think AEW is planning on putting all three tag titles on FTR, and I yeah. cannot fear. Yeah. No, I I think that would be amazing. I it's going to get to the point where they're going to need a new manager, maybe Bret Hart, to carry some of the titles because Tell the man they already. Danhausen already already made the proposal on his vlog. <laughs> that was hilarious. You you watched the full thing? You yes, I it? did. And, and I love the money, uh, like roughly twenty bucks. Right, and then they said it was like double what they were paying Tully. <laughs> yeah. Oh <laughs> uh, no, it was yeah. I think that would be perfect, uh, and maybe they could help him figure out why Hook is a per- impervious to his uh, curses. Dude, they have such, like, they have such great personality. Yeah. D- Speaking of Danhausen and curses, I just wanted to point this out. Did you hear about what happened? I think it was after Dynamite went off the air. Uh, you mean the? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I watched it with William Regal. Yeah, I told you about it. I thought I know. I thought I just saw it online. I know you told me. I'm sorry. Maybe, maybe I'm wrong. I could have sworn I told you. It could be like I, you and I talk a lot, and I'm on Facebook <laughs> a lot looking at stuff. Uh, give me. Well, I mean, we're talking anyways, but yeah, give me a few seconds because I think I. Maybe I'm wrong. Well, just for the listeners, if you haven't heard, after Dynamite went off the air, Dan Housen came out and put a curse on William Regal, and because William Regal is basically the best human being alive, I think at this oh. point. <laughs> I told he, you um, about. I told yeah. you about the Ricky Starks part of it. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, no, but it was, was all the same segment. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, William Regal just sold the curse by collapsing in the ring. Because... It was hilarious. <laughs> oh. And I love how Danielson was that Danielson and like Yuta actually like acted like they were worried, like oh, like like it actually happened, like oh my god. <laughs> I really want them to keep going back and forth on that, and whether the curses actually work or not, that would be hilarious. I think that's the whole point of Dan Housen. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so yeah, tag titles were very much um, kind of in the weeds. Let's hope something cool happens. Um, I really, I don't know, I love Luchasaurus. Here's the weird thing. Luchasaurus should not worry me on his own. But what I keep thinking is at some point, Jungle Boy is going to be pushed off into singles. And I'm not sure what you do with Luchasaurus at that point. Do you make him go heel? I don't know. I just I don't know what to do with him at that point in my brain. So, 
I guess we'll just have to wait and see what happens. It's weird to have that thought about somebody that athletic and that, you know, just amazingly gifted in the ring and, you know, large. So. All right. Um, let's see. What would be the next title? I mean, are you still there, buddy? I just want to make sure we didn't lose you. Uh, all right. So this is still recording for me. So what I'm going to do is we're going to take a quick break just so I can get us reconnected. And then I will, we'll be right back. And I think we're going to dive into, no pun intended, uh, Darby Allen and Andrade. All right. See you in a second, everybody. Okay. I think we're back. Yeah, I'm back. All right. So um, you <laughs> missed my very clever segue. But yeah, in my- sure. Unless you have anything else to add about the tag titles, I thought we could move on to Andrade. I have something to add. Okay, what? Wasted twenty five bucks. That's what I have to add. While while I was while we were getting everything set back up, uh-huh. I bought I bought Windy City Riot so we could watch it. But Is I that- bought it. On, I bought it. Do you hear me? Yeah, I hear you. Yeah, but I bought I bought it on New Japan. You know, because it's a New Japan show. But they only had Japanese commentary. Comment, well, commentary. Jesus Christ. Oh, they only had Japanese commentary. So uh-huh. I was like, well, shit, that sucks. But whatever. I got to just do the best I can. And right. so I bought it. But then after I went online and I was like, you know, just out of curiosity, I uh-huh. typed in I typed in Windy City Riot English commentary. Turns out uh-huh. the English commentary is on fucking Fight TV. Right. So you wasted so the I, money by how you bought it because you could just buy it on Fight TV. And I re- and I rebought it on Fight TV so I could have English commentary. I'm I'm sorry to hear that, buddy. Um, when is that pay per view again? It's happening right now, but we can just oh. watch it after. Oh, okay, yeah, cool. I'm still down for more wrestling. Yeah. Um, that's what I figured. So, but yeah, so I was. It started at eight o'clock, so I don't know when it's supposed to end, but I figured we could just watch it after. Yeah, no. By the time it's by the time we get to it, it'll probably be we can just restart it. So yeah, exactly. Uh, all right, no, that's a cool thing. I didn't know I was doing this uh, tonight, but I'm down for it. Um, let's see. Let's get into Darby Allen and Andrade. Uh, I I like the I like the coffin match as the you know the blow off. I don't the think Darby that's match. <laughs> the what match? The Darby match. It's 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 officially Darby's match now. Yeah, who else is doing them? It's clearly Darby's match. Darby Allen's the Undertaker of AEW confirmed. Not even it's not a casket, it's a coffin. They're different. Yep. Still not 100% sure how. I think a coffin goes inside a casket. But uh yeah, no, I'm I like the blow off. I'm, the whole feud has been kind of weird, but I think the it's been the very weird in the end. Yeah. Who was it that um Andrade is just weird. Like I, like I'm sorry, but there's just something not happening correctly with him, yeah. and I don't understand it. Does it make you feel any better about his run in WWE that that AEW is having kind of similar problems, or do you think it's just for some reason America, American wrestling in general, has had a hard time, you know, getting him over? I don't know, man. I can't. I, I don't know if I can. I don't know if I can blame America as a whole for for no other reason than the fact that Penta and Ray Phoenix are mm-hmm. are over as fucking AEW. Fair, and that's fair. Penta can't speak speak like a lick of English. Yeah, that's true. 
Ray, Ray Phoenix isn't as bad. Ray Phoenix can, can speak English, kind of. But, like, yeah. Penta can't speak a lick of it. And they're both still over. Yeah, I don't, like, because... And not just a little bit over, either. Like, I, I would go as far as saying they are, like, beloved in AEW. Yeah, Penta versus Punk, the crowd was split, and that's, that's Dude, saying that something. match. Yeah. Oh, that match was good. We'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. Okay. Yeah, yeah. But but that's but that but to my point though, like that's why I can't really blame like American wrestling fans as a whole. You know what I mean? Is it maybe okay? I because I can't maybe think of anybody rich, else. Yeah. Maybe it's just, maybe maybe it's the rich guy thing that just has a hard time getting over. I'm wondering if it's like the fact that he's not a a luchador with a mask because like maybe. it seems. Because even Alberto Del Rio, I mean, he had a run. Yeah. He had a run, as everybody knows, but he, he didn't really get over to the level they wanted him to, even yeah. on his first run through. Maybe yeah. there's something about that with American audiences because they are kind of used to Rey Mysterio, that that's what they'll buy as far as like a Mexican wrestler. That's uh, very possible. The only thing, the only thing I can think of though, when it comes to that, and mm-hmm. to be fair, this is '90s, so it's a different time period. Mm-hmm. With Conan, Conan was like right, yeah, pretty well over in WCW with just about everything he did. That's true. Yeah, he was a big part of the NWO, and yeah, like to the I don't know if I've ever said this on here, but to the point where I've heard Eric Bischoff say that if he was going to make the NWO a faction. Conan would have been the fourth member because of how much he brought to the NWO. Yeah. Like that's pretty impressive. Um, yeah, I don't know. You're right. But he's like the only other example. Cause like, I wouldn't consider Eddie. Eddie was on a different wavelength. He wasn't, he didn't feel like a Mexican wrestler from Mexico kind of wrestler, even yeah. though that's where his lineage is. Yeah. So I wouldn't no, even you're, count him. you're not wrong. But um, yeah, I don't know. Like I said, hopefully I, I, I don't know. I don't. The other thing about it is that AEW is so packed, like the roster is so large. I don't know how many chances you keep giving um, Andrade to get over when you've got all these other guys just waiting to get yeah. any kind of TV time, you know? Yeah. So. No, it's tough. Dude, like, I don't. I don't know. I still don't consider this a bad thing. Right. But it's kind of going to get to the point where AEW is so stacked in talent mm-hmm. that like the, like you can see, you can see guys just like being gone just purely on the fact that like, it is just so competitive for TV time. Yeah, no, it's true. You really have to do a lot to stand out and it's, you know, it's sad for people that, you know, you might like that are on that cusp, but it's how that's yeah. going to have to work. It's it's um, almost like, you know, in a funny way, it's almost like the same problem WWE had, but <laughs> in a completely different way. Because, like, WWE had all this talent, more talent than they need. Right. But they didn't use any of it. Right. AEW has has way more talent than they need, mm-hmm. and the problem is they they're trying they're using all of it and they're trying to use all of it, but there's right. just so much. Yeah, no, AEW feels like a like spinning plates. Like it it feels like they're running, trying to give everybody as much time as they can, 
but it's just they can't get to everybody with three hours a week. Yeah, you know? exactly. Um, but yeah, so I'm, like I said, I'm thinking the match is going to be good. I'm not sure what you do with Andrade from here. Uh, the faction in general, I don't know what you do from here because it was it started off as Matt Hardy with tag teams, which made sense, and now it's right. Andrade with these two really good tag teams that are only loyal to him because of money. Um, yeah, and not only that, but they're not – neither of them are really doing anything. Yeah, I'm excited to watch – like, I really like Butcher being brought in as, like, the hitman for MJF, but it's not, like, a long-term thing for him. But I do like that he's getting that exposure in the yeah. MJF storyline. So, because I, I yeah, feel like, like – are they – well, like, is the idea of the Andrade faction just going to be – that Andrade just has all these mercenaries that he just like hires out. Mostly to MJF because he's the only Mostly deal. to MJF because he's the only one with money. Yeah. <laughs> right, exactly. Um, yeah, I don't know. That's so far and that's if all these mercenaries really are tell. gonna get hired out, they need to start winning or else they lose their effectiveness as mercenaries. Right. Part of the point of the APA was they actually solved the problem that people hired yeah, them exactly. for. So. Exactly. Uh. Yeah. It's like it's eventually going to get to the point where it's just like I need I need this guy taken out. Give me give me the blade, uh, sir. The blade hasn't won in like a year. You know what? Never mind. Find someone else. Yeah, that's pretty much. Um, yeah, we'll have to see. I I'm, I hope it turns around, but I honestly don't know what would turn it around at this point yeah. as far as that faction goes. Honestly, um, it would have to be some like, I don't even know, man. Cause even, I even feel like if it was just a case of them all of a sudden just beating the shit out of people, it would mm-hmm. feel like such a left turn that it'd be like, right. well, how, how are they doing this all of a sudden? Like what changed? I feel, okay. So here, here's what I think might work. And I think it mostly is about breaking that faction up. Cause it's not working. Yeah. I feel like the butcher and the blade work really good as a tag team unit in the house of black. I feel like their aesthetic fits mm-hmm. right in there. Yeah. And I feel like private party could be a really good backup to swerve. And I think that would like, that's where you would do it. I don't know what you do with Andrade in general, but we've been, we, we both don't have an idea for that, but I'm saying for those tag teams, that's <laughs> yeah. where I would put them at this moment. So that's fair. I don't know, man. Do you, <laughs> did you just create a faction with swerves? With Swerve, Keith Lee, and Private Party. I forgot about Keith Lee, but yes, I think that would be a really good faction. I don't know what you sick. would call it. Oh, man. I, I don't know how... I, we're pro, uh, do you have anything else to say about Andrade? No, I think we're. that's pretty much good, yeah. Okay, then let's move on to my next topic. Okay. Ricky Starks uh-huh. and Hobbs taking on Keith Lee and swerve what yeah. a fucking match that yeah it was really good and like it and i said this and i don't like to make this comparison because it puts too much like pressure on not that he cares what i say but just in general i think overestimates or puts way too much you have to live up to but it reminded me of that that time that the rock was a uh heel but then they went to miami and the next week he was like the biggest baby face in the world like mm-hmm. That's what it reminded me of because, like, New Orleans loved Ricky Starks with a passion. It was insane. Really um, quick. How sick yeah. was that? Was that like Swerve, 
jump from the it was like jump from the turnbuckle mm-hmm. onto Keith onto Keith Lee's chest, jumping yeah. off somersaulting off of Keith Lee's chest at, in into Hobbs and Starks or whatever. And both both uh Swerve and Keith Lee showing uh-huh. a bunch of emotion, like holy shit, that was sick. I one it was really cool, but then I saw it on um, social media, and somebody called it a titty moonsault, and now I can't think of any other name for it. <laughs> but, I'm I'm so happy, like as, as a huge Keith Lee fan, I am mm-hmm. so happy he's an AEW. Just a little bit he's been able to do so far, he seems so happy. Like yeah. he seems so legitimately happy after just after that like one move, like he went back into the ring and he was like smiling. And like looking at the fans, like just see what we just did. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I think it really it has been really good for him. It's what I think he needed. Yeah, um, I think Swerve's bringing out a lot of like personality in him too. Honestly, yeah, like, I think him being with Swerve for this for this like little feud that they've had with Starks mm-hmm. and Hobbs, I think it's brought out a lot of like personality in him, and I think it's it's helped him out a lot. Yeah, and I also really like that Taz got his hands dirty because it feels like it's been forever since he's actually yeah. been directly involved yeah, um, with Team Taz's match. So, yeah. God, that match was just so good. Like, Hobbs, too. Like, I feel like Hobbs is going to get really overshadowed because of the other guys that were in this match. But, like, mm-hmm. Hobbs, Hobbs looks fucking crazy good, too, man. Like, all four of these guys have looked so good for this whole feud. Yeah. In a real way, I also want to maybe stop to think because listening to JR's commentary when it was like Hobbs and uh, Keith Lee going to fight, I was like, oh man, this is waking up that 1998 WBF head of talents right there. Like, <laughs> oh, so many things I could sell for this. Um, Dude, yeah, those, no. God, those two big men just beating the shit out of each other. God, I love it. And I'm assuming it's not over because, like, it, you know, the cheap win doesn't usually constitute a blow-off. So I'm assuming yeah. we're going to get to see more of that feud. So that's cool. That makes me so happy. Like, that, man, I – like, Swerve might be the best thing to happen for Keith Lee's career. I don't know. I mean, they've, yeah. like, I, like I told you before, though, like, they've, they've teamed and they've known each other all throughout the Indies. Like, they've worked together so much. Like, they're – like they're mm-hmm. actually like friends and stuff, so which just helps. I think helps Keith Lee so much just to like have someone he feels comfortable with, just like hang, to like kind of like team up with, you know, for a bit. Yeah, Not, like these guys aren't going to be like a tag team; like they're both single stars. But like, right? But yeah, yeah, just working together. Like, yeah, no, it makes sense. Yeah. Um, what was it that? Oh, and um, so yeah, if. I, moving from that, the next few would be, the, I would guess, the Jericho Appreciation Society and Kingston, Ortiz, and Santana. Yeah. Um, I, I know you're still not sold, but every week Jericho finds another thing to reference that makes me laugh out loud. The, like, did you hear the new intro to Judas? <laughs> no. Oh, so For, before maybe I just didn't pay attention enough to it. Before Judas started playing, and again, I'm I, the only thing I don't like so far really is the fact they changed the names. I can't remember um, what his name is now. The uh, the guy that you said has um, Brian Pillman esque uh, something like yeah. Oh, I'm, yeah. Uh, I, what I, is his new name? 
yeah, I can't like I can't keep their new names in my head. I fucking hate it. And hopefully eventually it'll you know click, but it just hasn't yet. But anyway. Matt yeah. or something like that. Something like that, yeah. I, I but anyway, um hopefully everybody knows who we're talking about. He's the one that was part who's part two point with really crazy fucking eyes that Jericho once called Squarehead. That should give you enough reference. Um but before Judas starts now, they put the, the Jericho Appreciation Society logo up, and it's him on the mic going, the Jericho Appreciation Society, the, um, what was it? I think it was the revolutionary force oh, was- in sports entertainment for five weeks. <laughs> like, like going back to the old WWF from like 96 intro. I just, I love the fact that they keep referencing all this shit. It makes me so happy to laugh at i know you might not like the overall direction i really but don't the, the comedy is gold for me so yeah so by the way it's it's jesus i, I got the two mixed i got the two combined mistakenly uh-huh. it's daddy magic matt menard now <laughs> okay yep that's and gonna take a while and oh. now it is and it's also Cool Hang Ang, Angelo Parker. Jesus Christ! Oh, uh, yeah. Like I know, I know your objections, and you're not wrong to have them. But um, still, the names bother me. I should be able to remember these names at this point. But um, but yeah. Other than that, I so as far as the match itself went, um, what did you think of the? three-on-three match, the Eddie Kingston uh, and jumping the other two guys before the or on the tarmac, basically? Yeah, it was good. It was all right. Um, I don't know. I wasn't completely... I haven't been completely sold on this whole thing, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I just... I, I think... I think Jericho's just getting, no pun intended, like, old for me. Hmm. So this wasn't enough of a reinvention. So you're starting to just be like, oh, that's a lot of Jericho, basically. Yeah. Yeah. I can it's see not that. Even, he's not necessarily, he's not, it's not like he really, I mean, is he really reinvented? I don't even think he's really reinvented himself. He's no. basically, he's yeah. just, he's just given himself a new nickname, but he's still the same heel that he was at the beginning of Inner Circle. He's yeah. the same exact heel. He just gave himself a different nickname. Yeah, I feel like that's fair. Like, if I had to put like my finger on it, it basically feels like he reset himself back to beginning of Inner Circle, Jericho. Yeah. yeah. And that was, that was good at the time. It was what they needed, and they all... I don't know, man. They just... Even, even at the very beginning, at first... It, it, it only took like one week. Like when they first were standing in all in the ring together, mm-hmm. uh, like Guevara, Hager, you know, proud and powerful, Santana and Ortiz and Jericho. Like right. when those five guys were standing in the ring together for the first time, I was like, this seems like an awkward group. Right. I don't, I don't know how I feel. And then like the very like next week, like all it took was like one week of them all being together, and I was sold. Yeah, no, these guys up. are completely different. Like 
I, I, I see them all together and I'm like, this just does not feel synergistic at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it hasn't no, changed. I, I still feel that way. Even yeah, after they've all been together. I got you. I definitely need some time. Like, it still has time to grow, but you're right. It hasn't come together as quickly as the inner circle did. Um, I don't know the exact reason for that, but yeah. I will say I, I kind of had that problem before they like before 2.0 and Garcia joined up with Jericho and Hager. I was, I was kind of having that problem with 2.0 and Garcia in general. Like I, I love all three of them. I think they're awesome, but I think Garcia just doesn't fit with the two of them. I think it's right. really weird because Garcia is just this like hard ass, no nonsense kind of guy, and right. 2.0 almost feel more like a comedy act. To be completely honest, yeah, no, they definitely have a lot of comedy chops to them. Yeah, yeah, but like, like that's not a bad thing. Like they're really, really good at it, and they are a good tag team, you know. Mm-hmm. But like, it just feels like that's where they're chop. That's where they're at their best. Mm-hmm. And so, and Garcia is just a straight laced shooter you know so like that pairing in general was always awkward to me so mm-hmm. like them being with jericho and hager now just seems even more weird it's yeah. like it's like jericho and two almost like stooge type characters with him and then a hager and a mini hager right yeah and i don't know it just feels it feels like an awkward group. Yeah. I, like I said, there's still a lot of time. We're going to see where it goes. Um, part of me thinks that this group would benefit because it is being compared to the inner circle. If these three guys would benefit more for whenever this breaks up, it not be amicable. I really think these guys need to like, for whatever reason, get fed up with Jericho and just destroy him. Yeah. Like, I think that's how this has to end for those guys to get over. Cause I don't think you can do the same thing where it was sort of amicable before it wasn't kind of thing with the inner circle. So yeah, I guess we'll just have to wait and see. I, I am being entertained by it, but yeah, I completely see your criticism and it's not unwarranted. So um, hopefully it keeps going in positive directions and uh, you know, gets over that hump. So yeah. I just, I don't know, man. I just want, like, I want Garcia to just, like, I want there to be a, a, I want there to be a feud between these guys and Blackpool Combat Club. And I want something to happen where Garcia just gets turned on by all the members of the Jericho Society. Uh And he just ends up becoming a member of Blackpool Combat Club, where he belongs. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's definitely like the place where I would put him personality-wise if I were just moving around faction members. So, and then Hook turns on his dad and also joins. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I don't think Hook has to turn on. Like Hook is so weird in that he's he is Team Taz, but not really. He's really not. He hasn't been Team Taz ever since he started actually wrestling. Yeah, no, he's basically his own thing, and the only real connection is when his dad does commentary for his matches, and you yeah. can just hear how proud he is, which is one of my favorite things because it just makes me smile. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, so moving on from that, I'm trying to think if there's any other. There's obviously CM Punk stuff, but is there any other storylines I'm forgetting that aren't title related that we should that aren't title related? 
Yeah, because we're going to get to the other titles mm-hmm. after we do CM Punk, but uh, I think there's oh. anything else. I don't think so. Yeah, I can't think of anything. So CM Punk's thing has basically become kind of like an open challenge. Uh, we had that awesome match yeah. with Penta, which... Um, oh, that was so good. Yeah, I'm not. I'm still not sold. I like Penta as part of the gimmick. I really don't know about the whole fucking druid robe. Uh, yeah. yeah but, no, I agree. But yeah, as far as like the it match dropped. itself, it was really, really good. Um, I'm so I, happy that I'm so yeah. happy that I was wrong about CM Punk. A part but of me was like, I was, yeah. I, I was really hesitant about him, man. I was really worried. That mm-hmm. seven years was just going to be too long, and he just wasn't going to have it anymore. Yeah, no, and you, yeah, there was plenty of like reason to doubt, but yeah, he's bit proved it wrong. And, and uh, well, yeah, I'm glad to see that he's just like slowly progressing and getting better and better. And even mm-hmm. at his age, like getting back to getting back to like even like pre WWE CM Punk, like yeah. getting back to real like wrestling CM Punk. But also with like a really good um, like age has given him a really good mind for the business because I saw some people point out a botch that happened in the match where I, I think Punk was going for an arm drag off the top and they just sort of awkwardly fell. But the way that Punk fell, he was able to sell a knee injury, and yeah. so it was still. I mean, people were still you know calling it, but at the same time, it looked good enough that it became part of the story which is just a sign of a really good uh, wrestling mind. Yeah. Yep. Which we obviously all knew Punk had, but it's nice to see him be able to use it when he needs it, you know? So, but yeah, I'm really excited for the Dustin Rhodes match. Um, I heard how disappointed the Texas audience was when he said they're going to do it in Pittsburgh. But, yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, there's only so, and it's kind of getting back to this, the, the main issue I'm having. They only have so much time. Yeah. No, they have to. They have so yeah. many great, like, matches and stuff to put on, but they only have so much time in a, in a, in a week. Right. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I, um, I don't know. Dustin's really interesting to me because he, there's no reason for him to stop as far as I can tell physically. Yeah. I just don't know what story you, you're going to tell when he's ready. Um, especially with Cody not being there. Cause I think, like I said before, everybody's assumed that would be his last, you know, run, but yeah. I, I don't, I don't know. I, I, there, I think we said he has to maybe some of the students betray him and that's how he ends up ending it. Like giving them the bump of yeah. ending his career. So, but um, yeah, as far as the maybe it punk becomes goes, a though, thing where mm-hmm. maybe it becomes a thing where like, um, uh, Brock Anderson like turns his back on the mall and like Arn ends up like joining him and Arn mm-hmm. just kind of like solo manages his son and during all that Brock just basically like beats down and quote unquote retires Dustin. Man I wish there was a way to give Brock like five years of experience because if I think if you gave him five years of experience he would be a really good enforcer for MJF but <laughs> But he needs that five years of experience to get there. I'm fine with I. I he has Sean Spears. That's true. He does have. Sean I have Spears, and he's wonderful. 
I I love Sean Spears. I think he is so fantastic. <laughs> he does the role so perfectly. In fact, the pinnacle is only two at this point, but yeah, they're still doing yeah. a good job with it. Yeah, basically. Um, like, the fact is not officially done, but like... Yeah, the, no, like, they, yeah. they haven't said anything, but FTR is good guys. Wardlow is obviously going to kill MJF at some point. Like, yeah. so it is down to two for the most part. Um, oh, yeah, we didn't really touch on it because we did say Butcher, but that's basically the next step in that is Butcher versus Wardlow which I'm looking forward to. That'll be the next step of that feud. Uh, I don't know if MJF gets involved, but I'm assuming he will um, in some way, but I think Wardlow's still going to win. Yeah. By the way, this is probably one of those things that you're not going to agree with because it was said by Jim Cornette, but I was curious because uh, I can see his point, but I don't. I think he was being overdramatic like he normally is. Do you have a problem? <laughs> Do you have a problem with how the security has been able to overpower Wardlow. Um, because he was saying that they like, were... Kind of like, no. Yeah. That's, that was my thought, too. And I was just... I wanted to... Like, even going back to the first week they did, is like, no, every time they've overpowered him, it's been, like, a ridiculous amount of people yeah. that are overpowering him. He was comparing him to Brock Lesnar destroying security. I'm like, that's fine, but they always send one after one after one at Brock. They yeah. never sent 20 and Brock destroyed them. Like, yeah. Don't be wrong. Whenever, Brock, but, yeah. When, whenever, like, when he is, like, when Warlow's making his way down to the ring, mm-hmm. they send the security one, at, one after one after one, and he mm-hmm. destroys them all. And then yeah. they all, then there'll be a gang of them that shows up at once. And all of a sudden you have like 10 guys pushing you back. Yeah. Like I said, that's perfect sense. Yeah. I don't, I, I just wanted to point it out because it was out there. I pretty much figured we'd be on the same page. But you know, I never assumed. Yeah, Cornette's because, a fucking moron. <laughs> because one day you're just going to be like, oh no, Jim Cornette's right and you're stupid. And that's what's going to happen. And that'll end this podcast right there. So. Uh, you'll become his co-host, and I don't know what'll happen then. I mean, bad. Listen, I have no problem selling my soul for money. <laughs> I think we're both agreed on that. Yeah, yeah. Like, and by the way, at the same token, if Vince Russo wants to make me a counter offer so that I go to his show and you go to Cornette's show, I will gladly do that, and we will just yeah. war against each other. Yeah, I'd be perfectly okay with that. Uh, I think. I I will you if there is one thing you will never hear from me, it's oh I can't do that. That's <laughs> like I'm I'm too I'm too morally on a high horse to do that. Yeah. For like quote unquote for like hundreds of thousands of dollars or something like that. Yeah. First of all, you'll never hear me say that because you'll never I'll never have that chance. Right, also, exactly. Also you'll never hear me say that because it's money. I'm poor. I Maybe feel more. like when you reach a certain level of 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 being poor, uh-huh. you don't get you like, especially when it comes to just opinions. You right, know what exactly. I mean? Like, and opinions on wrestling, which are fluid anyway. Yeah, you know? yeah. With that being said, by the way, we do give you our honest opinions here, but that's part of the reason we're still poor. Yeah, 
I'll, I'll give all my honest opinions, but if I got a call from like some, if I got a call from some person and they were like, Hey, I'm going to pay you X amount of money to like mm-hmm. give the complete opposite opinions. I'll flip my switch like a politician. I don't care. <laughs> you like you become the Tony Atlas to Jim Cornette just over there. Yeah. You, you are <laughs> just laughing like he used to do. That's like yeah. a 2008 reference, by the way, that, that, uh, I literally have no issue with that. Uh, this is kind of off topic, but DJ Batman has been looking at the analytics of our show based on what we get from the Anchor app. And he pointed out that like we don't really get the young people. Like The latest thing we've ever done is like 2010. And I'm like, yeah, no, that's that's fair. That's, that's, that's our wheelhouse. Like anything before 2010. I'm going to try and think of stuff after that. But it's harder than it looks for me to think of stuff after 2010. Uh, <laughs> all right, uh, so let's see. So that that's basically all the title, or that's all the uh, non-title feuds I can think of in AEW. Um, what was I think that leaves us with just the world title, right? I think there's no other title that we didn't. Well, unless we want to talk about the ROH titles. Um, yeah. Yeah. So let's do the ROH titles. Let's start with the world titles, just because it's kind of a straightforward. It looks like it's just going to be Jay Lethal is going to get his, you know, shot at some point. Dude, you know. how are you? Well, uh-huh. so a few questions. One, what uh-huh. did you now with the match and everything being completely over? What did you think of Dalton Castle? I like. I was sold the from the promo. Like his Sully Sullenberger thing was like fucking hilarious. <laughs> And then when I saw his entrance, I'm like, I had no idea that's what his character was because I've seen him, but I never seen him wrestle or anything. And I was like, yeah. oh my god! This, first of all, I'm not sure if this should be premiering on AEW in Texas. I don't know if Texas understands, but I uh, really they love him. Yeah, so, no, it worked. I was afraid though. I was like, there are parts in Texas where that would not work. Let's say that. Um, but yeah, no, I love the character. The match itself was really good. I think Taz was right on the money when he said, like, don't let the presentation fool you. He's a very good technical wrestler. And uh, yeah, no, I, I hope we get to see more of him in AEW or ROH or whatever. I don't care which one. uh, By the way, I would also like to point out, not, not for this to be, not as this is an excuse or anything, Mm -hmm. but he used to be even better before his back injury basically made him, unfortunately made him not as good. He's still amazing in ring but he used to be even better in ring before he had like a, a really 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 bad back injury yeah like did I you could... notice the did you notice the like black tape or whatever that was on his lower back i noticed this is because it looked like just his trunks were really high i noticed that um and i did notice that like some of his moves were stiff they weren't fluid and that must be from the back. I couldn't have pinpointed it unless you told me. But like I, yeah. now that you say it, I'm like, okay, that's clearly why he he was favoring his back throughout the match. Still yeah, did a great job. Even, yeah. Yeah. There was talk like there was a time like before the back injury and everything. Mm-hmm. There was a time where he was basically like he was like almost unanimously considered like the best wrestler in in, in the Indies. Hmm. I can see it. Yeah, and um. Yeah, like I said, I just hope we get to see more. The match itself was awesome. I will say I'm not okay. I'm nitpicking here. I just I'm putting on my nitpicking hat. I didn't like the chop duck chop duck. I think that went oh, on too long. Yeah, and yeah I also he went on had, a little too long. 
I also have the same feeling with the, um, but I've always had this problem with the pin roll, pin roll, pin roll. I, you know, I, those spots aren't my favorite. They just, if they go on a second too long, it just takes the realism out of the match a little bit yeah. for me. Those, so. those are those. Both of those spots were very were very ROH ish. They yeah. were very ROH type spots. They're not really like that. You could tell that that was a. And I mean, it was for the Ring of Honor World Title, so. But you could right. tell it was a Ring of Honor match. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Which, well, I would assume that it was just them because they know that style and that. Because I was about yeah. to say, I wonder if Tony Khan was trying to preserve the ROH style, but I think just based on what I know about how Tony Khan's been running his company, he probably just let them have the same freedom, so they yeah. wrestled an ROH match. So, yeah. exactly. Yeah. By the way, now that you've seen him twice, mm-hmm. thoughts on Jonathan Gresham? <laughs> I like. I'm still really impressed with Jonathan Gresham. He, uh, in a very real way, he reminds me of a serious uh, John Silver. Um, like there's no comedy. He's the same mm. build and strength. I can see and that. He'll just break you basically. <laughs> and is, also, yeah, go ahead. Also from a technical standpoint, he is, he is far better. No yeah. offense to, no offense to Johnny Hungy. Cause I love me some Johnny Hungy, but from an in-ring technical standpoint, you can't really compare the two. Yeah, no, he, Jonathan, uh, John Silver is definitely more of a brawler where Grisham just, you know, he's clearly, he's in, in his wrestling style. He's a lot like Taz where he'll just, you know, take you down and, you know, yeah. stretch yep. you in a hold. Basically. I, I love the, I love, I don't, is that, so they said when, when Gresham was being introduced, they, they said representing the foundation. Mm-hmm. And it made me wonder if the faction actually still exists. I yeah, it sounded like it was supposed to be a faction. I don't know, but yeah, you told me that it was basically his nickname. But the way they introduced him, it sounded yeah. like it's, well, it's going it to be a like faction. It, I thought that's what it it kind of like turned into, you know, because like mm-hmm. they weren't they weren't together anymore. Like yeah. the group was disbanded, basically. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe Tony Khan's got long term plans because he does like working with maybe, factions yeah. on his roster. So maybe he'll bring it back That's together. That's very possible, actually, yeah. Um, but yeah, I did also, talking about Grisham, when Satnama came out, like, like I believed in, in this guy was not going to back down from this man that's more than double his height. Like, that that's impressive at his size to be able to stand up to somebody that much taller than you and make me believe that oh yeah he's gonna he's gonna try and hurt this person and he might yeah. be able to do something which is impressive. Um, oh, I tell you what, if he hadn't already wrestled a full match, you know, I I always said that like I always had a hard time believing like like back in the day when you saw like Rey Mysterio take on like Kane or Big Show or something like that. Yeah. I always had a very, very, very hard time, be- like, believing in the match. Right. And that's even, that's like, that's with Rey Mysterio, who's basically like one of the best, if not the best, like, smaller wrestler ever. Yeah, fair. That being said, maybe it's, I, I maybe it's because of the giant isn't a giant that is wrestled, mm-hmm. but I can see. Even though Gresham is the size he is, I can see him like beating a giant like that. Yeah, 
I think it's yeah, I think it's because of the way he wrestles, in that he's such a submission wrestler. You can see him somehow get that guy down and just wrap his body around that guy's leg and just you know break it in some way, or you yeah. know, you know, make you believe that he'll break it in some way. Yeah, exactly. So, especially with a name like the Octopus, he's so good. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Speaking of Sanima, that brings us to the TV title thing with uh, Samoa Joe. Um, I, I don't know how I want to talk about this because the set and the thing goes to the end of the match um, instead of the beginning. Do you want to start with the Suzuki-Joe match and then we'll work into the storyline? You mean those two men just slapping the shit out of each other for the match? <laughs> yeah. That's basically what it was. It was basically just two dudes just continuously just slapping the shit out of each other. Yeah. By the way, I want to point something out because it doesn't happen often where I just completely disagree with Eric Bischoff. Um, Eric Bischoff on Twitter, and I looked at the timestamp and I realized just because I happened to look at the time when that match started, that it was right at the beginning of the Samoa Joe Suzuki match. He tweeted out, and I'm done. Because I think the slapping, he didn't like it. He, you know, it's not his cup of tea. And I was like, Oh, that's well. I it's fine. You can have He's your opinion. To be wrong. Yeah, no, you're wrong here, and it hurts me that you're wrong because I love your your whole you know career so much, and I want to learn from you. But but yeah, no. So there there's a rare moment where I was like, nope, I completely disagree with his opinion on this. Yep, um, absolutely, that was so. Man, that. You, you'd have to go back and watch it. I think I may have showed you the match before. Mm-hmm. I've but seen it. it wasn't quite at the same level, but that match between Joe and Suzuki right there had mm-hmm. very early, or like very early Samoa Joe Kenta Kobashi. Yeah. No, I've vibe. seen, and you've probably seen the comparisons online, but yes, that def, I've seen the match. It definitely did have it. And I know that's what they were going for because why wouldn't you? Um, I will point out, again, this is me nitpicking. I will point out something that annoyed me a little bit. And this comes from the fact that the way AEW books, there's no one making sure that no one doesn't do a spot that somebody else has done. The slap kind of was, well, not exactly, but it was very reminiscent of the first match um, with CM Punk. And, like, they started off their, uh, Penta and him started off their match with a trading back and forth that looked a lot alike. but Kind of, but not at the same level. Yeah. Like I said, it's not enough that I'm like, oh, both of them are horrible. I'm just, if you were going to book it, I think that would have been a good place for somebody to be like, oh, we don't really need that in Punk and Penta. It makes a lot more sense for Joe and Suzuki based on Joe's history. Um, you know, that that's just me. That's a nitpicking again. So don't, don't read too much into it. Um, don't at me, bro. Yeah. I mean, if you want to, like we've said before, we yeah, will I was definitely. Just, I was just kidding. Definitely add us with any yeah. thoughts you may have. Yeah, add us all you want. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, the match itself, I was, I, I was surprised and not surprised that Suki lost the title so quickly, because um, it definitely makes more sense from a storyline, what they can use point of view for Joe to have that title, than yeah. for Suzuki who has to go back to New Japan or work at New Japan uh, yeah. strong at some point. But um, yeah, I I've got nothing bad to say about the match. It was just oh, they're they no, the second I knew the match was for the title, I was like, oh, okay, Joe's gonna win. I yeah. mean, I kind of figured Joe was gonna. I mean, even if it wasn't for the title, I would assume Joe would win. But oh, but 
by the way, I wanted to point this out because it made me laugh. Um, that Tony and JR got Excalibur. Did you hear that in the commentary? Oh, <laughs> I, I think I know what you're talking about. When, when Excalibur didn't have like an answer for a question or something. Yeah, they were asking basically what I've asked you before, which is what did they say in Suzuki's song? Like, what's oh, what are they saying? Yeah, yeah, and he didn't know. Yeah, the Excel was like, it's something with the wind. And, and I just, I can't think of it off the top of my head. And then, like, a second later, he's like, you're never going to let me live this down, are you? And they're both like, no, no, we won't. <laughs> oh, just, I, I love the mentorship, but I also love the moment where JR and Tony kind of get their revenge for Excalibur being a know it all. So, anyway. I, yeah, I think that's actually, like, because we hear it every week, mm-hmm. I think that's a very underrated part of the show. But just how good the three of them are together on commentary and how oh, yeah. like seamless it seems. They they might be the best commentary team in the business right now. Um, well, they are the best commentary team in the business right now. I mean, I Kevin Kelly does really good New Japan with like Rocky Romero and some I, there are other teams that are competent. But you, you're probably yeah, right. I didn't say there weren't. I just said there <laughs> that there's obviously one team that's just cut above. Yeah, fair. You know um, what? All due respect to uh, a, a certain company that I don't have hardly any respect for, but <laughs> but that being said, uh-huh. Pat McAfee, great commentator. Yeah, no, he is he, he is so great on commentary, and he has like reinvigorated Michael Cole, and like the two of them together are actually like really really good. Yeah. They honestly, they were the ones I was thinking of. Like, uh, they are a really good team. I don't know if I, I don't think I would put them better than uh, Shivani, Ross, and uh, no. Excalibur, but they but are a very, very good team. They're very, they're, they're a lot more fun than I would expect. I, I like it, helps that Pac Mac, Pat actually genuinely loves wrestling. Right. Like, before he ever became a football player, like, he wanted to be a professional wrestler. Right. So yeah, I think no. that helps out a lot. Definitely comes across, which again, we don't say good things about WWE very often. So if, if you happen to be a WWE fan, take this moment and cherish it. Cherish yeah, and I'm it. also a huge sports fan that doesn't happen to be a huge Pat McAfee fan when it comes to like his show and stuff. But that being said, I I really, really, really genuinely enjoy Pat McAfee on like commentary and wrestling. Yeah. Yeah, getting back to Joe and Suzuki, though, I don't think we can really do it justice, but if you really want to just see a very hard-hitting Japanese-style match that is just right now free on the TNT app, as long as you have, or TBS app, as long as you have TBS, go watch that match if you haven't seen it. It's just amazing. Yeah, Um, it was so good. Now, the ending is very controversial because it has the premiere of Asadama and um, I really I wanted to talk about this specifically because I read it's Tony only Khan. controversial because fans are being dumb. Well, I want to re- I want to just um, Tony Khan actually said he agrees with the fans, and I think very specifically because it was one of those moments where it's like, oh, as soon as he saw he said this, as soon as he saw, I was like, oh, that that was a mistake. Um, so the idea was to premiere him, but to do the blackout premiere. And he didn't say who, but he said somebody else had that idea with like 30 years of experience. And with all the people that are around him, nobody caught that that was the mistake until the moment they saw it. And I think that's why you saw 
basically the re-premiere on Rampage. Like if they, if somebody had caught it, they would have done what they did on Rampage on Dynamite with him coming down. And I think it would have been a hundred percent better um, for him and in general. And you wouldn't have yeah. this, you know, bitching because, because what, like I said, what he did, I've said this a lot on social media, what he did was, it wasn't like over the moon great, but it definitely didn't look ridiculous, which is a big thing that can happen with guys of his size that have not had a lot of experience, but he looked effective. He looked dangerous. Um, it was just the fact that they used the blackout, which made people immediately jump to new superstar coming in that we know. And um, yeah. And you yep. said like a certain, people, a certain yeah. bald superstar. Yes. They were thinking Stone Cold Steve Austin. That's possibly so, Swiss. I didn't know Stone Cold Steve Austin was Swiss. That's, oh, now you yeah. know. Yeah, there you go. But yeah, no, the his attack on Rampage, much better. And I think if they had caught that mistake before they made it, that's exactly what you would have seen. And it, I don't think you would have nearly as much bitching. Because uh, as of right now, he's looking pretty good as a big guy. Like, he, the, there's been no hints of Kaliism, if that makes sense. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, I can or, see that. Or Giant Gonzalez, if you want to go back to 1993. Okay, I think that's a more fair more fair yeah. com- comparison of what not to be. Yeah. Like realistically, even though Kali fell off really fast, like Kali's initial run was actually like pretty solid. That's fair. Somebody pointed that out. I like they put the clip of uh, Joe getting the head crush with the one with uh, Ray Mysterio back in the day where he started bleeding from the mouth. Yeah. And yeah. So there was a point where Kali was a legit guy it was like a good six month period, but yeah, you're right. He fell off pretty quickly after that. So yeah, yeah Gonzalez fell off really fast. Yeah, Gonzalez never had that at any point. So yeah, you're right. Say, Gonzalez didn't fall off. Gonzalez was never there. Oh, <laughs> uh, by the way, I don't know when we're going to do this, but at some point, uh, DJ Madman and I are going to sit down and watch WrestleMania Nine because I think it'll be fun to have his unbiased opinion and my nostalgic opinion because I've already made you watch this without the podcast. And I know your opinion is basically what everyone's is that it's horrible. So at some point we're going to do WrestleMania nine and I can't wait to see what he thinks about the giant Gonzalez <laughs> and that matchup with the undertaker. No, um, so bad. <laughs> hey, the Steiners and the head shrinkers were good. I, I finally have a hill that I can stand on, not die on, but literally there's like one <laughs> little part that goes up kind of. So, <laughs> um anyway so let's see uh yeah no as far as like the i really i like the jay lethal storyline i yeah. i i think this is really what um we've been waiting for 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 jay lethal to have something really cool to do and i'm excited to see where it goes and i think dot and lethal are really good people to put around this really green giant to try and teach him <laughs> the ring it doesn't stuff. seem to be that jolly <laughs> <laughs> Charlie Green Giant. Yeah. So I think all of it's good. I don't think there's anything bad except for the one misstep. And Tony Khan quickly realized his misstep, which is one of his better qualities is that he, if he does fuck up, he usually sees it pretty quickly and course corrects. So one of his worst qualities is that he can't shut up. Right. He's on social media way too much. That's true. Um, Someone take his phone away. <laughs> like, just give it to him like once a week. Like, so he yeah. has time to think about what he wants to say before he actually gets to type it. I don't even um, need it once a week. It's once a month. Once a month is fine. 
Let's see. Uh, so yeah, that would leave us with the world title, uh, the Texas Death Match. Um, first of all, I don't know if I've ever. I don't think I pointed this out. I love the fact. I love that they brought this out of WCW's corpse. That the Texas Death Match and other matches like it have very specific rules, so it's not just they're all no holds barred matches. The, the Texas Death Match is submission or uh, knockout, um, or like a lights out match is. Um, unsanctioned. I just it got to a point in the, like the 2000s where every match was basically the same. You could say no holds barred, hardcore didn't really fucking matter. It was yeah. all the same match. So no, I agree with that. So yeah. although this this death match was more like just a hurt match. <laughs> True, they did hurt each other very much though. Uh, yeah, they they did. It was it was it was it was good. It was a good title match. Yeah. No, it was like it was. I don't say it wasn't a bad it wasn't a bad death match, but it wasn't as good as their last match either. Like um, I would say, well, not only that, but like I would go as far as to say the death match Paige had with Lance Archer was actually better than this one. Yeah, no, I would agree, actually. And, and I, I don't would, even think it's close. Honestly, I think that's probably because um Archer kind of is the like he that's his match. Um, where Paige, I don't think it's had too many. And so, and I don't think Adam Cole's that kind of wrestler. So while they yeah. did a good job, it wasn't like they're either their fortes really yet. But yeah, I could, no, that's very fair. I could see this becoming Paige's signature match, but I think he just, he needs to have more of them before he can really carry it with anybody, you know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. No, I'd agree with that. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it was, like, it was fine. So if I hadn't pointed out, would you have even stopped to think about the fact that they did a, a, a crown of thorns on Good Friday? No, I wouldn't have. That wouldn't have crossed my mind. Yeah, no, that was another thing I saw on Eric Bischoff. He didn't like that, which, again, his opinion. And But I wouldn't even have noticed. I wouldn't have thought about it. wouldn't even occurred to me yeah. that that had happened. I, and I don't even think that uh, Tony Khan or anybody else had thought about that happening on that day. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think that was intentional. I think it was just a, it's a thing that they've done a lot in um, wrestling with barbed wire, especially when you're going to do like a pile driver move to end the match. It makes sense. So, yeah. Um, Did Bischoff say why he didn't like it? He just, he, what he said was, you think this is funny. That's what he tweeted out. And so it just, I don't know. He'll probably dress it on his podcast. Maybe I'll, listen this week to see if he mentions it but um like no it wasn't funny it was just it was just painful yeah no i I, like i said i don't even know i didn't even know if he was particularly religious but that that was clearly what he was yeah that was clearly what he was mentioning so which i mean if that's the case then okay i mean sorry yeah no you have every right to turn off the tv it's fine yeah like um yeah no i'm so other than that, uh, the I don't I think that's the blow off. I don't. Do you think they're going back to Cole and Page again? Mm, I hope. I hope not. I hope it's over. Yeah, but no. I, I don't know, man. But at the same time, I'm like, I, I, do you really want the feud to be over on that match? Yeah. Yeah, and I'm a little like Bully Ray. Kind of also said that he thinks that. Um, Adam Cole might be bumped down to mid card 
based on just what's going on with AEW in general. And I'm not saying it's going to happen, but I could definitely see why he thinks that could happen. Um, I don't know what exactly you do to keep him in the main event. What do you if he's consider not mid-card? Title. Is just any any feud that's not for the world title is just mid-card all of a sudden? No, I'm thinking more like um, like best friends level at this point in AEW. Like not up there with uh, um, uh, not well, the world title's there, but there's other stuff on top too. I'm trying to think of the other matches. My brain's kind of fried. But no, I wouldn't say it's just the world title, but I, like I lower down the card, um, I could see happening. But I don't, the reason I don't think that's going to happen is because I don't think the long-term plan is for him to have the world title right away. I think it's much more, there's got to be something they're going to do with the Young Bucks and yeah. the rest of the elite. And I think that's the next step. And I don't consider that moving down to the mid card yet. No, but absolutely I, not. No, that's whenever that that's, happens, that's going to be the main story on on the show. Yeah, no, that like I said, that's why I don't think it's going to happen yet. But I understand why he's a little bit worried about it because, like we talked about earlier, there's just so many people that it is very easy to get you know lost in the shuffle. But I don't think that's quite where he's at yet. So I think we got no, some time. It's, that's because it's definitely not because there's yeah. another there's a really there's another really really popular face that wants to go for the title that's not necessarily doing anything right now that mm. they could spark a feud right now. Yeah, you could do uh, Punk versus Cole and that'd be a really exactly. good feud. Yeah. And that would, like, after, yeah, after Dustin, it'd be a good, like, way to get Punk into a feud before you give him a title run or not even a title run, but like a no, title it's the match. Because you're not going to yeah. give him the title. Right. Title feud is what I was going not for. Not on man. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I think that covers pretty much everything. I think we did a very thorough job, so you should be all caught up with AEW as of Battle of the Belts. Uh, this week's question I asked, and I actually, there's a very specific reason I asked it, but I've had trouble coming up with an answer, so I'm hoping you had a better time coming up with an answer than I did. Um, nope. <laughs> okay. Well, we'll see. We... Yeah, I don't know why it's so hard. I think because I added all time. That's what makes it yeah. difficult. Um, so the question is basically, uh, what person or team, and there's a reason I put team in there is the most underrated, uh, person or team of all time in wrestling. And the reason I put that out there is because uh, at least on the side of TikTok, I'm on people have been really hyping up, uh, Paul London and Brian Kendrick as a tag team. And, um, yeah, I can't say that they're wrong. They were they're a very good tag team that not a lot of people talk about in 2022. So it made me wonder like who do we think are are the like the most underrated yeah, underrated team or person? But I have had a lot oh. of trouble thinking of it. So. Well, I think a part of the issue mm-hmm. is that if the team is truly that underrated, we might not be able to think of them. That's true. Yeah. Um I'm trying to think of how far back I want to go. All right, yeah, that's so the other I'll, thing. Yeah, because like, okay, some of the pe- some of the people that pop in my head without like picking one right now, because I'll pick one in a minute. Uh, Doink the clown from his original run when he was uh, Matt Bourne and was a a heel. I think that's still very much underrated. I think that character for the time period, if it had been left alone as a heel could have been a world champion. 
I, I think that it was that creepy and different that it could have worked that level. It's just they couldn't keep Matt Bourne, and then they made him a face, blah, blah, blah. Um, another group that's another team that's kind of slept on, I think, just because people, I don't even think remember them as a team, but just uh-huh. the level of talent in it was really fucking good, is Strike Force, which is a, a model Rick Martel and Tito Santana. Um, they were a oh. very good tag team, but they, yeah, the only thing anybody really remembers is the breakup that led to the uh, Rick Martel becoming the model. But when you have that kind of awesome technical ability on one team, they're very, it's very, very easy to see that they're really good. Um, so yeah, there's a couple of answers, but I don't think either of them would fit for an all time <laughs> overlooked. Um, I don't know. I've got, so I've got a few thoughts, but I don't know if we're going because I'm thinking more tag teams also, especially now that you've now that you brought up specifically tag teams. Mm-hmm. But like, I don't know if I'm think I don't know if I'm thinking underrated just based on the like individual talent or underrated by like in the sense of like the tag team success itself is underrated. Right, like they weren't used well enough as a team, so they didn't get a chance to shine. Right. Yeah, because I have an I have an answer for both. All right. Well, what are your answers for both? Because I you know gave a couple there. So my answer for a tag team that just underrated in the sense that they didn't get the push that they should have with mm-hmm. how much talent they had is the Hollywood Blondes. Okay. Yeah, that's a good Austin and Pillman. Because like when they were teaming up, and you like you see something like you see their matches together, like they were yeah. they were crushing it. Yeah, and considering Austin was like literally six years away from being the hottest thing in wrestling, and Pillman was one of the most controversial things. You can, if you can't make that work, it's a sign that your company's not working very well. Yeah, like. But because of that, and just like the solo talent, like the talent alone in each of these mm-hmm. guys, you know, like they should have been, like it's not like they weren't tag champ, like they they held they held tag gold, right? But like it should have been, I don't know. I just I feel like it should have been a lot more. Yeah, no, that's fair. Like you're right as a team. Like obviously when they split up, they had their success, but as a team, you're right. That yeah. team should have done a lot more. Yeah. Yeah. The tag team should have done so much more. Mm-hmm. Like, and again, I'm just like seeing them in the ring together. Like when you watch their tag matches together, like they were really, really good together. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. But then, I, but a tag team that did have like pretty, pretty good success, like okay success in the big leagues. And then even more success after that no one really talks about, especially with how long they were together, is Benjamin and Haas. Oh, yeah. No, that's fair. Like, Cause, yeah, up until, like, what, 2014, they were still tagging ROH. So, yeah, they have a long history. Not only that, but, like, they were tag, they were multiple-time tag champs in both WWE and ROH. Like, I don't yeah. think people remember that is like these guys, even when they were like veterans and around for a long time, held like Ring of Honor tag gold twice Mm -hmm. and had great feuds, especially with like 
um, Midnight Express, All, All Night Express. Okay, yeah. King and, Kenny King and Rhett Titus. Yeah, I rem- that's when I remember them from ROH, is that feud with Kenny King and Rhett Titus, yeah. Basically facing younger versions of themselves. <laughs> Pretty much. All, and sadly, kind of the same outcome. In a yeah, weird way. kind of, yeah. But like, uh, I... They're they're a tag team that really sticks out to me because I, they they were just they were so good, man. Yeah. They're so freaking good. Yeah, like, no, especially I, when you watch them in ROH, like they would just put on such great matches all the time. Yeah, especially at that point, like they were already, I think at least like six or seven years in by the time I was watching them in ROH, like they premiered with Kurt Angle in like two thousand five or some shit. So they were already veterans by the time they were getting to their ROH matches and holding their own in that era of ROH um, and actually surpassing most teams. So you're right. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's a very good pick. Um, That was a big one for me. Yeah. While I was sitting here and I was listening to you, don't think I wasn't, but I, while I was sitting here, I was able to go through my Rolodex and I found somebody that's, um, I think because of, uh, Bray Wyatt gets a little bit more mentioned than he did for a long time, but I still don't think he is um, appreciated for just how good he could have been. And this isn't even just WWE's fault. This was just timing um, in his career. But Waylon Mercy, uh, the character, if you ever get a chance to go back and watch the stuff from like 1995 with his his vignettes and his matches if his body wouldn't been so beat up because at that point he was like a 10 year veteran, he could have been having a feud with the fucking undertaker. That's how good that Mm -hmm. character was. And it was so good that Bray Wyatt later went back and basically ripped off a big chunk of the character to create Bray Wyatt. And that's why um, if you go to the Firefly Funhouse, one of the, one of the puppets was called Whalen the buzzard because that was Whalen mercy. Like, yeah, so that that is somebody that I will always go to the mat to is like this person. It wasn't even a WWF decision because I think they wanted to push him, but he was he's under remembered and I think underappreciated for just how good that character was, even though it was only there for like a six month period. So, yeah, yeah. Also on that. So also if, uh, we can just keep going, man. Like <laughs> I will say, I think there are several tag teams Mm-hmm. That found a lot of success during the height of Impact, the height of TNA. Yeah, that were were amazing tag teams. That because they were mainly in TNA, no one ever thinks about. Yeah, I would say and most of the I tag teams. Say, in that. Yeah, my number one choice is Motor City Machine Guns. Yeah, like Saban and Alex Shelley. Like those two were so good yeah basically at like everything they did there was a point where they were like neck and neck with the young bucks as far as like what they could do in the ring and you're right nobody ever talks about them the same way as they talk about the bucks yeah Yeah. i will maybe i don't know maybe it's just because like or i don't know man maybe maybe it's just i don't i don't ever hear anything about them maybe that's why i'm thinking it but like they come to mind for me because I just, I never hear anyone say anything about them. Yeah. I think in the same vein, um, even though I think impact fans definitely give him credit. I don't think abyss gets the same 
um, yeah. but it, as a monster that like a Mick Foley or an Undertaker should. get, and he really should, yeah. He really should, yeah. Holy shit, he should. So there we go. I oh, think, you um, know what? Yeah, go ahead. I th- I think another so another tag team that I'm going to throw out there, mm-hmm. and I think I think a part of the reason nobody thinks about this tag team is because one of the members became I was uh, um, an even more popular tag team afterwards. Mm-hmm. But America's Most Wanted during the early early parts of TNA had yeah. crazy success and had yeah. like really really awesome like just bloody like fights. Yeah. And, no, and like multiple multiple time NWA World Tag Champs. Yeah, and you're right. Beer money kind of overshadows that, even if you are looking at impact only. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I think because of the success of beer money, I I think a lot of people forget of just how amazing America's Most Wanted was at its height. Yeah, no, that's fair. Also, there was this one wrestler, tag team wrestler called Shawn Michaels. And I don't know what happened to him, but he was quite good for a while. Uh, Oh, never heard of him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, whatever. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I know you brought up Kendrick and London as a tag uh, team, but yeah. on that same note, I would like to bring up both of them as solo competitors, especially that's, Brian Kendrick. That's fair. I think people, yeah, again, you're right. Just coming right out of that, I remember the Kendrick run where he had Ezekiel Jackson as bodyguard. Like there was a, a minute there where I was like, oh, fuck, he might just be the next big breakout single star. Because of the yeah. the style and the fucking attitude that he had, and I think it was back backstage stuff that fucked him up a little bit, where he got heat and then got fired. Mm-hmm. Um, Paul London definitely was like I, I forget what exactly it had something to do with Stephanie McMahon, and like you can go back and watch the footage um, where he did something that pissed off Stephanie McMahon, I think, and he was basically gone like the next week. I'd have to look it up to remember what it is, but like there, you can look up the footage. It's out there. and People have pointed out that, yep, that's the moment his career died. Um, yeah. Point of the same. He, he eventually found his way to Lucha Underground and like yeah. still did great stuff. Like he's still really, really good. Yeah. No, I would imagine so. He, he was great. They're both crazy talented. It's sad that, you know, for the most part, it seems like politics kind of screwed yeah. them both out of a, much better career than they deserved. Yeah. yeah. I will say Brian Kendrick did have a, like, cause he, like, especially like in ring of honor and stuff, like he did end up having like a really good career. Yeah. But no, he, just wasn't, he just didn't have like WWE success. Yeah. He didn't have the success on like a nationwide or global scale that he might've yeah. had, had that not happened. So, although he was also, you know, very, tiny for Vince McMahon's taste, so he might not have ever yep. got that far no matter what. Who knows? No, he probably wouldn't have. Neither of them really would have. Yeah. Anyway, I think um, yeah, that gives us a lot of good answers uh, for the question. Much better than yep. I thought I was going to have coming into this because I really couldn't think of anything. Glad that we were able to get past that block. Um, I mentioned this on Monday, but I want to make this uh, a point to mention it here. If you want to answer this question, you can go to Spotify. There's a feature with the Anchor app that lets me ask the question directly to you. Feel free to reply there. Or I'm going to put the question on Facebook. I'm going to put it on Twitter. I'm going to make a video asking the question on TikTok. 
pick your platform, answer the question however you want, and um, we'll talk about your answers next time we do Chaos Ringside. Um, or if you don't say anything, we'll just ask the next question and we'll keep doing this until somebody talks to us. Because we're, Wait. damn it, we won't stop. God, God bless it. <laughs> really quick, really, yeah. really quick, because just last thing on the same question. Uh-huh. Would you consider the Briscoes underrated? Oh, that's a good question. I think they're kind of the same as an impact team where in ROH, definitely not. But outside of ROH, I don't think they have much of an impact. Like, yeah, I don't yeah. I think – not that he's the barometer, but I would gear almost bet – I would bet almost anything that Vince McMahon has no idea who the fuck the Briscoes are. Like, if you went up to him and said, hey, what do you think of the Briscoes? He'd be like, what do you mean, Jerry? Like well, – <laughs> Yeah, you really can't use that though. Like Vince McMahon doesn't like wrestling. That's true. I mean, so, like, as far as really... like the, I was just saying, as far as like getting into the WWE sphere, I don't think they've ever really penetrated in any real way. But yes, yeah. you're you're right. You should use him as a barometer. But I really thought that was a funny idea. Somebody tried to ask him about the Briscoes. Anyway, but um, yeah, no. Are they great? Yes. Um, are they probably underrated on the overall wrestling scale? Probably, because I don't probably. think a lot of people know them um, enough to make a good opinion unless they've watched ROH. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I would still say some of our other choices are more underrated because they didn't even get this success in one company, let alone you know the kind that the Briscoes have. Uh all right, uh, so thanks to Eric Bowman for the theme song. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Chaos Pod Show. Follow me at Last Gilchrist One or at Last Gilchrist on TikTok. Uh, follow the show at Chaos Everywhere on Facebook. Um, yeah, feel free to pick a way to write the show. Like I keep a pretty close eye on the social media. I'll see it. Um, or you can write us directly at chaospodshow at gmail.com. And uh, that's for any questions, concerns, comments, requests whatever you know you want to send me a recipe i'll read the recipe online or on here Do we'll it. talk about send us a know, recipe send us a recipe for brownies and we'll make them on air who the hell cares um yeah so as far as like what's coming up in the future next week is another episode of voyager it's a good one that involves beowulf um yeah, and holograms. And then there, after that, we're going to do a few episodes of uh, Pokemon. The first three episodes of the uh, it's Indigo League, if I remember correctly. That's Woo. the original. So, And I think for both of those episodes, DJ Madman should be here because he'll be at my house while we're recording. So I think we're going to find a way to do all three of us on those episodes. So that'll Sweet. be fun. And um, I'll probably have more stories by the next time we get to Chaos Ringside because part of the reason he's coming out here is WWE is coming to my town and I have put money into that machine to yes. go see that show. God, uh, you idiot. I know it's, it's live wrestling kind of. So I don't know. I'm still not sold on whether I want to go or not. I'm going to go cause I bought the tickets. I'm just, <laughs> I, feel, I feel kind of dirty about it somehow. You I should. Don't know. You should. Oh, maybe I should have just went to Chicago. That would have been better. You and your sports entertainment. <laughs> oh, it'd be so much better if Jericho was there in the Jericho Appreciation Society. Oh. Maybe you'll see Cody. <laughs> oh, I, like I might spit on him if I see him. I'm, I, I don't know what my rage would do at that point. That's so hilarious. That I still find that so hilarious. 
<sighs> like, I don't... He, is, he is so obviously a WWE wrestler. Always has been. Yeah. He's back where he belongs. And I, I think universe, I think almost universally it's, it's understood and agreed upon that this was a, the right move for him and what he needed to do. And right. everyone's cool with it, literally, except you. <laughs> I, I'm not saying that everybody else is wrong. I'm just saying no, that you're, you're wrong. wrong. No, you're wrong. <laughs> like the whole the whole world is wrong, and I'm right. I, I just I know it in my heart. You know. No, you're wrong. I don't know. I uh, just I don't understand it. I really don't. Oh, uh, and like it's pissing me off even more. Like they're letting him say like the word belt, and everybody's like, "Ooh, look how edgy!" And I'm like, "Go fuck yourself with your fucking belt, fucker." Um, sorry, not Another what I wanted. To... Back. It's, a, it's a title, a belt, something that holds up your pants. <laughs> oh yeah. Anyway, I'm not gonna get into it. Um, if he is there, I I will like take a picture and put it on our social media. <laughs> just because it'll be hilarious. I don't actually know who's going to be at the show. So, um, yeah. Uh, other than that, join us next week for more fun and hilarity as uh, we uh, get more chaos in our lives. Ooh. All right. Have a good night, everybody. Deuces. You're getting a little bit overboard with that, but okay. This is just